When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. End it here? All right, not a problem. A few years back, I was on an interview panel recruiting for an IT specialist in our company. The interview process was pretty standard, a series of HR-type questions, a technical test, and then a presentation of a scenario. If you've worked in IT, then you'll be familiar. As we worked through the list, we saw some good candidates, and some who were really out of their depth. And then came in the candidate. You can usually tell by their overconfident attitude and their body language as they sit down. As you would expect, this was a guy, and he came in, fixed each of us with an intent look in turn, and sat down and leaned back in the chair in what I've seen as a power position, and the interview started. The HR questions went okay. We went through his CV, discussed previous roles, and I probed a little deeper on some of his answers as they started to have the odd hole. We got to the end, and I said that we were going to move on to the technical section of the process, and at that point he said, I can save you some time on that. Here's all my certifications. I don't do contrived tests, and I have better skills than anyone here. And he placed a stack of certificates on the desk. I'd never seen such arrogance in an interview and was taken aback for a moment. The person from HR stepped in and said, thanks for those details, we'll take note of that, but everyone who comes for a role here is treated equally, and part of our process is a technical test. This was explained to you by the recruitment agency. The chap responded by saying, yeah, but I explained to the agency that these tests are pointless and I'm not going to do it. And if you insist, then we can terminate the interview. Fine. I was more than happy to comply with his request. I said, thank you very much for coming in. I'll get the security officer to escort you out. We stood up and left him waiting in the meeting room for security. His power pose was gone and he looked totally shocked. The compliance with his request was probably not that malicious on our part. I just followed company policy on equality in interviews, but I got a real sense of satisfaction in seeing his bluster and arrogance evaporate. He was less than complimentary about us to the recruitment agency, but we were honest and completely open about the events with them. I gather they chose to stop putting him forward for those interviews after that. I don't know how he expected that to go down, dude. I feel like if you're applying for an IT job, they're obviously going to want to make sure that your skills are legit. Otherwise, anyone could lie and be like, yeah, I'm a computer expert. Your certifications don't really mean anything if, you know, you can't actually fix a MacBook now, does it? What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And today we're going to be taking a look at the subreddit malicious compliance. And that's a pretty fun one. You guys seem to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, on that note, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and let's get into it. Slowest mile of my life. Growing up, my siblings and I went to a private Baptist school, and our parents wanted to keep us from the world's evil influence. It did not work, as I'm sure 99% of people who attend those types of schools know what actually goes on in those environments. Anyways, once a year, we went what was called the Regional Student Convention, aka Regionals. This was a big, fine arts competition between other schools like ours in the region. People from Arizona, New Mexico, Kansas, Texas came to one spot in the middle so they could compete so they could move on to the international student conventions, which was obviously for other schools around the world. 
Our school didn't go to internationals, but took regionals pretty seriously. There are over 100 fine art categories you can sign up for, and our teachers required at least 7, but no more than 12. The categories included photography, acting, writing, color guards, sports, and track and field, to name a few. I would try my best to do most allotted categories, since my parents took the week of regionals off and liked to see us perform. I would do photography, sewing, research projects, singing groups, and play things. I even played on the volleyball team. All of these were picked because I wanted to do them, and I wanted the week to be fun for myself and my family. One year, the teacher in charge decided to micromanage everything about the week, and they decided that they were going to tell everyone what they were doing instead of letting us pick ourselves. The teacher decided one sport activity was not enough and wanted me to sign up for track and field. I told them I didn't want to, as I'd done it in the past and didn't win and ended up exhausted the whole day and did not train for at all for the events. Our school was a church building that they had converted from a school to Sunday nights. So, there was no grounds for us to practice at all. Track and field happened on Tuesday morning, and then after lunch it was time to do singing competitions, and, you know, it made for a miserable day for me. The teacher did not care and decided I would be running the timed one mile. They could have easily made me do something less exhausting like a 100 meter dash, but more people signed up for it than the mile, so by their logic, we had a better chance at a medal. Most teachers that take the students to these competitions want to receive a plaque of achievement for the category, so they try to get as many people to participate so the plaque can hang in the hallway. The teacher did not care that I requested not to do this and told me that I'm going to sign up for it even if I have to walk the whole mile, I'll participate. I replied with, yes ma'am, and filled out the required paperwork, and I'm sure you can see where this is going. The day of the competition comes and we're all warming up waiting for our events, and the teachers are all there cheering us on as well as the other students who were not competing. That part was fun just hanging out with your friends because our school didn't take it too seriously. We didn't have training or anything, so it was just a morning on the grass. After a while, it was time for the female mile, and I was all smiles. The teacher asked if I was ready, and I replied, Are you ready? Because they had no clue what they were in for. I lined up with my fellow competitors and waited for the gun to go off, and once it did, I jogged, and of course everyone rushed past me. And then I walked. I walked the entire mile, which, if you don't know, is four times around a track field. There was so much confusion and many people came up to me thinking I was hurt and I replied to them all, I'm fine, I'm just doing what my teacher told me to, with a smile and a wave. The officials were confused, the other competitors were confused, and even my parents were confused because I had turned what should have been a 10-20 minute event into a 35 minute event. Which is a lot of time, considering they couldn't start anything else till the female mile completed, so everything was at a standstill because of me. I eventually finished, and my judge didn't even give me my completed time, because it was so ridiculous. I did finish in sixth place, and since there was only five of us, I got a medal, so woohoo for me. And when I tell you the principal of our school was mad, I mean, if he was a cartoon, there would have been steam coming out of his body. He was silently screaming at me, telling how much I embarrassed him, the school, myself, and most importantly, God. I very calmly explained that I only participated like my teacher told me to do. I know that nothing happened to the teacher for making me do it, but I was never forced to sign up for anything I didn't want to ever again. I mean, I don't know what they expected you to do in that situation. Running the mile in PE sucks enough. Now they're going to force you to run it in competition after you repeatedly say you don't want to. And then they told you it doesn't matter if you walk. Hey, I don't think you are in the wrong at all there. If anything, they should have realized that nobody's trying to run a mile in the middle of the day and then still go on to do a singing competition. Do not interrupt. Had a customer call in. She loudly and aggressively launched into her issues, and I went, mm hmm, to indicate that I was listening, and she snapped, Don't interrupt. So I remained silent until she finished speaking and stayed silent. And the silence dragged on until she asked in a curious manner, Are you still there? To which I replied, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. 
It would have been even better if you didn't answer the question either. You just literally stayed silent until she hung up. I know that could probably get you in trouble at your job, but my goodness, imagine making her call back and restart the entire waiting period all over again. Not my department, not my problem. Once upon a time, I was part of the orders department. Our primary role was to enter orders. We didn't enter all orders, just most of them, and the rest were entered by the call center. As common with these stories, we got a new manager, promoted from the call center, who's inexperienced and gullible, and we're gonna call her Patsy. The call center manager, Weasel, sees his opportunity and swoops in and fast talks Patsy into making the orders department responsible for all orders, with, uh, these orders aren't really the call center's department. I can't say I disagree with him, but neither Patsy or Weasel realize that the sheer logistical difficulty caused by suddenly dropping all this extra work on the orders department. I complained to Patsy, telling her it's a bad idea, and unfortunately, she thinks like and has a loyalty to the call center and her former boss, Weasel. The call center and the orders department have entirely different cultures, because the call center sees a lot of turnover, with people rarely staying more than a couple years. The orders department sees very little turnover, with some people staying for a decade or longer. Also, the required call center skill set is smaller than the orders department. Patsy does realize I'm a senior team member coming from a group that experiences rapid turnover tells me that it's not the call center's job to enter orders and if you can't handle it you can find a new job. Challenge accepted. Now I've been with the orders department about three times longer than Patsy has been with the entire company. The call center has been pulling this type of garbage on the order department for years and I can anticipate the approaching crap storm. There's a major coup for the call center compared to most of the shenanigans they got up to in the past. So I quietly let HR know that I'm interested in a position in the call center. With Patsy's promotion, I know there's at least one opening, and like I said, the call center has a very high turnover rate. Two weeks later, I've got a new job in the call center, and the fecal matter is starting to fly in the orders department, and it's not as bad as I thought it would be, it's worse. Beyond the bulk of extra orders, over the past two weeks, Patsy's been making improvements to the orders department process at the suggestion of Weasel and other department heads who have decided to take advantage of the naive Patsy. Add in the fact that the other departments are starting to hemorrhage senior team members who have also seen the writing on the wall, now Patsy has to fill a bunch of vacancies for a department that had a history of a low turnover rate. She doesn't know the job, she doesn't know who to hire, and the remaining senior members can't help because she won't listen to them, and they're too busy being overwhelmed and burned out by all the extra work they have to do to cover the missing team members, and they don't have time to work training the new people. So the new hire comes in, but they don't stay because the orders department looks like an entry-level position. So even more turnover and more senior team members are leaving when they've had enough. Meanwhile, now I've got it easy over in the call center. I'm full-time working from home now with a better shift, and unlike my colleagues in the order department, I'm no longer considered an essential worker, so there's a lot less stress for me. The skill set needed for the call center is smaller and simpler than the orders department, and I already had most of it from my time with the company. I'm underworked because all the orders that the call center were previously responsible for are passed to the orders department, and the call center turnover rate has dropped, so we're actually overstaffed. Oh, and I got a nice raise to boot. I'm the call center's new unofficial official expert on how orders are processed. Weasel, now my current boss, is getting worried because his protege, Patsy, is failing hard. He was the one leading the charge to improve, quote-unquote, the orders department, and he can't back down without looking stupid. The call center and orders department work closely, so upper management is encouraging him to pitch in and help out, and Patsy has now begun to realize how Weasel screwed her over and is refusing to make changes to the order department unless she comes up with them. She's willing to accept Weasel's helps only on her terms. So Weasel has started asking us to shoulder the burden and help process orders. This, unsurprisingly, is not met with enthusiasm, because no one wants to do extra work for no pay. 
As well, the call center team isn't trained how to process the more complicated and esoteric orders, and the orders department is down to two remaining senior team members who have that knowledge. Oh, and there's me. I can process the easy orders the call center was doing quickly, and have the skill set to crush the complicated and weird orders, and Weasel knows I actually enjoyed working in the orders department. So what do you say, Squid? Can you help out? Weasel asks, insincerity dripping from his words. I pondered his request and said, well, Weasel, I think you're right. Being in the call center now, entering orders is not really my department anymore. I'm not really sure what Weasel expected here. Putting all of the work from every department onto one single new manager is probably the most unfair way of going about it. I mean, honestly, I don't know how any of them expected that to go incredibly well. Sure, the department's been running fine. Let's just triple the workload with new management. What's the worst that could happen? This, Weasel, because now you've got to be stressed out about it, and you deserve it. Just follow the specs. Don't fill in the blanks. I'm a software developer, and I was working with a business analyst who would gather what users wanted and write specific documentations for me to develop. Once implemented, he would test it out to validate it if it adhered to the specs before delivering it to clients. He was very competent and mostly a cool guy, but when we were facing a short deadline, he'd be stressed out and rude sometimes. One of those times, I was developing a page and decided to add a couple of quality-of-life features that ended up pushing the delivery another day. When he found out, he rushed at me in a high tone, saying all sorts of stuff, among those that I should just follow specs to the letter and don't fill in the blanks. Got it, man. Fast forward a couple of sprints, he requested a feature that required some background processing and to send an email to the users once they've completed it. There were no details on the email subject, so when it came time to test, he wasn't happy when he received a blank email with no subject. What is this? I followed the specs to the letter and didn't fill in the blanks as you requested. His face of defeat was priceless. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. If anything, I would be so happy that the boss gave me these orders. Don't listen to anything. Just leave it blank if it's blank, okay? You don't need to add stuff here. All right, man, way easier work for me. I just love the fact that he at least didn't start screaming at you about it and accepted defeat. You know, I was expecting him to be like, you did this on purpose. No problem, I can wait. So I worked at a great engineering place for a few years. I ran a small team doing hands-on work, often directly for design engineers. We got a new manager who turned out to be a total disaster and particularly hated the close and casual communication between my team and design because he felt like it was going over his head. He first put rules in in place requiring it to go through several key people to relay issues back to design with a similar fudge. My team was cut down to just me and one other quite new guy. We weren't hugely busy, so the main trouble being if I went on holiday, I'd come back to a lot of rework. He also did clever things like standing outside the toilets to ensure nobody washed their hands before breaks, some oily work for some guys so washing could take a few minutes, and instead everyone washed up 20 minutes early and then did nothing until break. So in quiet periods, I started grabbing a spare computer and typing up work instructions. Not surprisingly, Supermanager couldn't resist making comments on this, but when I explained the issue, he said it shouldn't just make work instructions and then promised to send along the official work instruction format. He never did, but I shrugged it off and said nothing. Q months later, and the company is being bought out by an international firm and the inevitable major redundancies. My name was high on the hit list, but I had a good idea due to history, even though everyone else was sure I was safe and effectively essential, especially with my team being just me by then. Anyways, true enough, I was made redundant, but had a fantastic exit interview, and one of the principal engineers had offered to attend with me. The super manager in HR lifted up 
listed off some laughable reasons to make me redundant, such as rearranging doctor's appointments to stay late and coming in to work a night shift on holiday. I still don't know how they thought these made sense. And after that, I just quietly listed the various roles I was solely covering from them, technical skill sets like fiber optics and HV, etc., but happily accepted the redundancy payout and signed off IP and such. Then, super manager started feeling not entirely comfortable with the looks of the principal engineer giving him, and asked me for work instructions, and I had to answer, oh, you told me to stop writing them until you gave me the format you wanted. They rang me and offered me to come back, but I declined, and I heard they later had to hire three people to cover my work. I'm always flabbergasted how many managers in these stories manage to fire, like, the only person that knows how to do the job. How do you not notice that? You know, I feel like one of the easiest things to know is, like, okay, can I do this guy's job, yes or no? If you don't even know what he's doing, but he's clearly doing something, then I feel like letting him go is a horrible idea. And believe it or not, hiring three people to replace one doesn't actually save the company money. Anyways, guys, I think that's going to do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, I'd appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comments section down below what you thought. Subscribe if you're new. Turn on notifications. You can use code SCRUBBY at the G Fuel checkout. And if you really want to help me out, I do post the audio versions of these on Spotify. So you're more than happy to go at check that out or welcome to, I guess. Links in the description down below. But on that note, guys, that'll do it. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. And I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace.